ABC Radio Australia. For many of us, marriage is not only between two individuals. It's often between two families and two tribes. And throw into that cultural practices like bride price. All these factors can make it all the harder to live when things go sour. That is why access to education and economic independence is so important. And it's what helped Agnes Mack end her 20-year marriage. Agnes is a social researcher with the Papua New Guinea Institute of Medical Research. I met my husband when I went and worked in Mount Hagen. And it wasn't a, you know, any arranged marriage. It was you know, based on our love. It was, it was a support of men. It put me through uh, school of nursing. I became a nurse. And then from there, um, you wanted to put bright price for me, but uh, my parents didn't accept that. You know, we have different types of marriage in PNG. We have the customary, we have the church, and we have the civil. So we fall into the customary marriage, even though bride price was not paid. Both uh, is my uh, former husband's family and my family, they accepted our relationship and, you know, we were recognized as uh, husband and wife. And we were together for almost 20 years before things started to get, you know, go sour and we broke up. Many of us women, we, we speak about marriages being described as a relationship, not only between two people, but entire tribes and families. <laughs> how, how did this play out mm-hmm. in your relationship with your ex? The marriage was not between the two of us. Like you have said, uh, the boy is got his own family ties and also the girl. So, you know, where it's, it's like, Two families marrying together is the tribe that on the clan that, you know, has got a say in the relationship. So it's not an individual decision and it's not an individual thing. It's kind of like communal. And you are a member of a tribe, a member of a clan and a member of a family. So any relationship between a man and a woman, it's, you know, sanctioned by both sides and accepted by both sides and recognized, of course. Agnes, eventually you decided to leave your husband. What was that experience like for you? It, it took me a lot of courage. In the past, you know, like uh, I wanted to leave my husband. But when I went and wanted to leave, my parents would say, and my relatives, because they had benefited from my relationship with my husband, they said, because he was, they didn't expect us to I mean, like, accept any bride price from us. They, my parents refused. And that was like a, Slap in the face for the, for the family and for the clan, of course. I was kind of like one of the pioneers and early girls from the tribe to get educated and, you know, earn a living. And for me not to bring in bride price for the family, that was kind of a discrimination. And I did not meet up to the expectation of the clan and the family and the tribe. It had an impact on my family, on my husband's side as well. Because he had to maintain his good name. People from his uh, village and his tribe would say that uh, you are a man, but you didn't pay for your wife's bride price. And I felt bad that I did not meet the expectation. I did not, you know, made any commitment that, okay, I, I uh, paid my bride price and I had a standing in the community. Yeah. 
we know that many women in PNG are not able to, able to do what you did. They don't think it's possible to leave a, a relationship. What kind of factors keep women in the unhappy relationships in PNG? Um, you see, many of the women, they do not understand the laws, the laws and the court system. And some of them, you know, they, they're not making decisions, but when they make the decisions, you know, they have to think about, think about, they own if, if an educated woman or if a woman has got financial powers and she's able to you know make a living for herself and support herself if once you know the relationship becomes sour she's able to work out and maybe start a new life for herself because she's financially independent she's financially empowered and she can also you know with uh, maybe with her education or with the business that she has but for a lot of women not many women are aware of the laws and their rights. If they've got, you know, any sour relationships, up, say, abuse in an abusive relationship, people, a lot of the women, especially professional women, I should say, they're not aware of the rights where they can go for to seek help, where they can go to like claim maintenance and stuff like that. Because I'm talking from an experience where, you know, like I thought that marriage was for life. So whatever properties that we had. It was under my husband's name. And when I decided to leave, I obviously came out with nothing in, in my pocket, just just my the clothes on my back and my uh, papers and my skills and knowledge, which they were mine. So when I came out, I was able to stand on my feet and go on. But for women who are dependent on the husband for their financial welfare, it's hard for them to live if they are in an abusive relationship. Mm, very true. Agnes, you touched on a very, uh, really important point there that I uh, wanted you to elaborate more. You think it's really important if, for example, our young women are listening, you think it's very important that they become financially independent and that can only be achieved through, uh, for example, a good education? Is that important? Education is important, but if they cannot continue on, there should be opportunities available, like a welfare system, or there should be some kind of like foundation, but especially give them skills. During my time, it was different, but now, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a trend, especially amongst our young girls, those who cannot continue on further more in their education. They are sitting at the markets and they are then doing the markets just recently. I was uh, back in the province, back in Jiwaka, and I went around the markets and I saw this young girl sitting at the market and, and I chatted with a couple of them and they said, no, we, you know, we can't continue on. Our marriage or our relationships have broken down. So uh, what we are, we, while sitting here at the market, what we earn is ours. And it's for us to like, for our own welfare, for our own needs. And some of them, you know, like they said, we're saving money to go to continue on to school or to start a small business. And these young girls, you know, they, they were lending money to each other. And I thought that this is an awesome tip that the girls were taking to, like, financially um, empower themselves since going on further in education was not possible for them. Agnes Mack, a social researcher with the Papua New Guinea Institute of Medical Research. And she's just one of so many women who have left their marriages but used their personal experience to try and simplify the process for other women. You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia.